0: No no a right to Eagle Pass, Texas. Okay. Officers, find four hundred and two thousand dollars of liquid meth hidden inside condom-filled pumpkins. Let that soak in just for a second. Okay, one, two. Three. Did you hear that? Officers find $402,000 of liquid meth hidden inside condom-filled pumpkins. Do I even need to say anything else? <laughs> That's comedy gold on its own. But I want to learn more, <laughs> and so should you. Officers with U.S. Customs and Border Protection CBP seized 44 pounds of liquid meth that was hidden inside condoms packaged within pumpkins. Because why not? On this past Tuesday... Officers with the C-B-B-Office of Field Operations at the Eagle Pass Port of Entry encountered a 2012 Ford Escape arriving from Mexico. A news release from CBP stated, The vehicle was referred for a secondary inspection. Officers discovered 44 pounds of alleged liquid methamphetamine inside 136 condoms that were packaged inside four pumpkins. Man, you guys are getting inventive. Pumpkins now. Well, I mean, the, it, that's a good marketing thing, I guess. I mean, the the meth has a nice kind of pumpkiny aftertaste to it. <laughs> I should not have said that. The drugs and vehicle were seized, and the driver and passenger of the vehicle were turned over to the Maverick County Sheriff's Office. And I quote, Our frontline CBP officers have seen just about everything, and this Tuesday was no exception when they encountered liquid meth hidden within pumpkins, said Acting Port Director, Director Elizabeth Guerrero, you know. Eagle Passport of entry said person, you know, (laughs) they utilize their training experience, interviewing skills and undercover. uh, Wow. Shit. Here we go. It's one of them, isn't it? And recovered a lot of narcotic smuggling method in the uh, process, a new method in the process. Well, that's good. Net worth of this shit, $402,000. Wow. Imagine what you could do with that kind of money. You could go to Harvard for like 15 minutes. Hey guys, welcome to No Disclosure. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor, Prevail Guitar Works, and DistroKid. This podcast is where we go on the news, see what's happening in the world, and based like fine, expensive turkeys in the sheer audacity and craziness that is our news media. So what else do we have in the news, kids? Well, (laughs) I got a doozy of a show for you. A doozle. I know it's not a word, but I I just made it up, damn it. Coffee shop. Charges customers more than double the price for a coffee if they're rude. Yes, I love this. Where is this? (laughs) Usman Hussein, 29, opened the shop selling... What is this? Oh, wait a minute. Cafe owner charges customers more than twice as much if they don't order politely. Chai shop in Preston, Lancashire has introduced a new rule to help customers remember their manners. Charging them... More for their drink. That's awesome. Usman Hussein, 29, opened the shop selling chai. Is that how you say it? Chai, 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 chai? Uh, Donuts, street food, and desserts in March of this year. He recently introduced a sign explaining that customers will pay different prices for the same drink depending on how polite they are. Good. You should uh, introduce that policy here. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) That shit happening in America. Well, once the Karens get a hold of that. Oh, my God. The sign says that Desi Chai will cost you five pounds, while Desi Chai Please will cost you three pounds. But hello, Desi Chai Please. I'm probably saying all this fucking shit wrong. Will cost you blah, blah, blah. Usman said that, uh, you know, while the shop have never been particularly, expe- they've never experienced really bad-mannered customers, he hopes the rule will encourage people to open up and reinforce the cafe's culture of good vibes only. That should be a culture with every fucking place, in my opinion. Soon-to-be-dad-of-two, Usman said, well, uh, that's cool. Congratulations, soon-to-be-dad-of-two. What the fuck does that matter? He says, I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> you guys in your word counts, I swear to God. Some of your editors need to be slapped across the fucking face. I think it's a nice reminder to use your manners because, unfortunately, sometimes we do need reminding. We've never struggled with rude customers, but since having the sign, people are definitely coming in more open and having a laugh with us. To me, the most important thing in my business is to walk through the door and be treated like you're a welcome guest in our home. It's nice to have that respect reciprocated. Very cool. He got the inspiration years back when uh, he saw a post on Facebook an American cafe. Oh, really? <laughs> so this was an idea that came from here. Wow. I bet that cafe didn't last very fucking long, did it? <laughs> I think it's cool. Um, it's a policy that should be uh, implemented everywhere. I I like it. You're a very forward thinker, sir. But you know what? This idea came from America, which is crazy. That fucking place in this fucking place probably lasted about a day and a half. <laughs> like I said, once the damn Karens get a hold of it. Man, that's a pretty ballsy approach for the U.S. of a. Crazy. That's something I thought you guys would have the class to invent yourselves, you know? In other news, this is from AP News. Well, this is from everywhere right now, actually. The guys I just did an ad for, BTS. Now the cat's out of the bag. Yes, the big musical singing K-pop cat is out of said bag. Why? I found out why I was doing the ad. (laughs) It wasn't just a big concert. This was a farewell thing for a while. Little did I know, or did anybody else for that matter. BTS will serve in the South Korea military to regroup in 2025. Yeah, it's the law over there. Seoul, South Korea. The members of K-pop band BTS will serve their mandatory military duties under South Korean law. Their management company said Monday, effectively ending a debate on whether they should be granted exemptions because of their artistic accomplishments. Now, I know at one point that they were going to pull some kind of strings and, you know, basically name them as, uh, you know, like world ambassadors or something like that. So they could possibly have, you know, be able to dodge this. Uh, forced conscription. You know, that's a part of their law. Apparently that didn't work out. Big Hit Music said the band's oldest member, Jin, will revoke his request to delay his conscription at the end of the month and undertake the required steps. The six other BTS members also plan to serve in the military and they're looking forward to reconvening as a group in 2025 following their service and commitment to their country. No further information on the timing of their services, given the band members performed together in Busan, the one that I did an ad for over the weekend in support of the city's expo bid, uh, which will be their last concert as a group. I did not know this. So now I see why it was so important that uh, I, when I talked to their management, yes, I talked to BTS's actual management, they were absolutely, you have to get the ad out on this date. You have to get it out at this time. And now I see why they didn't, you know, that privileged information. Yeah, I know, but I'm glad I got the ad out when I did. (laughs) I didn't know that this was going to be a farewell thing. A lot of people are upset. A lot of people are bummed out. But uh, I think they're taking the high road here, right? This is South Korean law. You know, they're serving their country, whether it's right or not. Let's not examine that. Okay. Whether forced conscription and you know, having to join the military, whether that's a right or wrong thing, that just put that aside. But a lot of people are, you know, bummed out that they're losing their BTS, right? But uh, they'll be back in 2025. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm trying to look for more information here. How old are these guys? But uh, this is what I'm telling the super fans. All right, the people that are crying about this and really super upset, dear super fans of BTS. A long time ago, there was this cat named Elvis Presley. And for whatever reason, I guess uh, because Colonel Tom Parker thought it was a good idea or, you know, something for, you know, just whatever, decided to serve his country. There was a cat named Elvis Presley decided to serve his country and whatnot. He was so damn famous that everybody knew this guy would be given the most cushy job in the fucking military. No bullets were going to whiz past this guy, (laughs) but he did his time, you know, in the military. He served and all that. And uh, for uh, I'd say mostly he was treated like any other soldier. (laughs) But, you know, damn well that somebody that high profile was never going to see combat or anything like that. Kids do not worry about BTS. I think they are way too damn famous to be put in any kind of harm's way. But then again, this is a country that neighbors North Korea I've always wanted to visit South Korea. I, I always thought that was a really awesome you know, place to visit. I would love to see it, but I'd be terrified to. At the end of it, I wouldn't go. No way. Because China, North Korea, right there, smashed in, you know, just making a South Korea sandwich. That scares the shit out of me. And North Korea having one of the largest infantries, I think they have the biggest foot infantry in the world right now, which is terrifying And as psychotic as these rulers are, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, that that, that scares me. So even if BTS wasn't conscripted, I mean, look at these two countries that they're neighboring. They're in harm's way no matter what, in my opinion. And it's tragic, absolutely tragic what the North Korean people are going through. I think about them all the time. It's awful. It's a modern-day fucking holocaust. And I just think living in South Korea, visiting South Korea, that's a really dangerous place to be. Look who you're fucking neighboring, you know what I mean? So uh, they would be, in my opinion, considering that they're famous and all that, But they would be no less in, or or should I say this, they wouldn't be any more in harm's way than just based on the fact of where they fucking live. I mean, let's be honest. 2025, they'll be back. This is from... Should I even tell you? (laughs) Uh, This is from America. Okay, listen. I came upon this randomly, okay? I randomly look at, I have this, I okay, look, I'll just let the cat out of the back here. I get a lot of my weird news stuff from Reddit. Reddit is the most widely available source of weird news because it's really hard tracking all this weird news down and having a million sites bookmarked and all this. When the fucking people on Reddit be like, hey, weird news section, r slash weird news, whatever, it's all in one spot, right? So I do not visit this website on a daily basis. I don't regularly visit this place, AmericanSexDolls.com. Okay, <laughs> I don't have it bookmarked. I didn't even know this website existed until just now. This isn't a thing that I like. Yes, I bookmarked it just now, but that's for future research purposes, okay? <laughs> you guys are going to think that I just pulled this from you know something I saw, cruising cruisingamericansexdolls.com, and now that I know this website exists, you never know what kind of weird news is going to pop up. Might as well keep it bookmarked. <laughs> Yeah, apparently this is a thing. So, from americansexdolls.com, my new favorite web- I mean, uh, a interesting website. It says, "Researchers are surprised by how many individuals consider sex dolls to be their ideal romantic partner." Well, no shit. According to a new survey published in the Journal of Sex Research. Ooh, I want to work for them. A surprise, I'm an animal. I'm sorry. A surprising number of people who own female sex dolls, life size dolls with realistic human features, consider the object to be their ideal romantic partner. Wow. <laughs> uh, either your life is really dull or really awesome. I can't decide which one. We've been concerned about the growing debate in the media and academia about the use of highly realistic sex dolls without much empirical data to address the main objections, they say. This moral can't talk. <laughs> Great. This morality-driven debate is causing some countries to prohibit dolls with a childlike appearance. That I agree with. That's just fucking disgusting. Because people tend to stigmatize inappropriate sexual behavior. We felt it important to give a voice to those affected. Listen to this. 217 doll users provided useful data for the new study. Okay. So this was the pool that they got. 43 years old on average. Ages ranging from 18 to 77. Most participants, 91% male, okay? 2.3% identified non-binary, two identified as other. I'm not going to comment on that. The participants completed an extensive questionnaire that collected sociodemographic information along with data on the doll's use. Anthropomorphization. Wow, I, I, oh, I thought I would nail that. Anthropomorphization. Oh, damn it. You know what I mean. Objectification of women, hostile toward women, blah, blah, blah. The questionnaire also included an open-ended question saying, how has your perception of women changed as a result of using dolls? What did they find out? This was weakly related to the objectification of women, very weakly actually, and hostility toward women. In other words, those who perceive their doll to have more human-like traits were slightly more likely to agree with statements such as, I feel that many times women flirt with men just to tease them or hurt them. That sentence makes no fucking sense. Uh, we're slightly more likely to agree with statements. I feel that many times women flirt men just to tease them or hurt them. Well, if you're saying it doesn't cause hostility toward women and they agree with that statement, what the fuck do you call that? Idiots. That is hostility. But anyway, the major thing, <laughs> the major thing that they found out with the study is that it was possible, widely possible, scarily possible. That a large amount of these men have admitted that they have fallen in love with their sex dolls. Yes, they not only see them as ideal partners because they don't tell them to take out the fucking trash and clean this up and oh you didn't finish laundry and I don't want to go get dinner because I'm tired and you want another foot massage and I'm yeah I got a headache. Not just because of that. Did that sound too uh, too real there? <laughs> But they say they could fall in love, you know, with an inanimate object. I mean, I I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. Maybe because I was just raised too old school. Maybe it's because, based on my embarrassing body and even weirder looking face, I've gotten laid way more times in my life than I thought was even possible for a person that fucking looks like me. I have no idea. It must be a personality thing. I exude some kind of fucking pheromone, something it's just weird, and I'm not bragging. I'm actually very confused about this fucking shit. I've just always uh, found human companionship to be the only kind of companionship. I, I how could you? F- I just see these sex dolls as in inanimate objects. That's what they are. Is this a? This isn't a subculture of society anymore. I mean, this is a very large group of men. I just think that there's been a huge paradigm shift in how humans interact with each other. Men are lonelier than they've ever been. Suicide rates are through the fucking roof. And it's all men. And I guess they're just finding their... I I don't know if I can make fun of that. I don't know if I can argue with that. Is it sick? Is it weird? It's alarming. But from a society point of view, not from a this guy's gross point of view, I think men are just, you know, fucking treated like shit these days. That's weird. Falling in love with an inanimate object? I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. That sex doll that I found of Tifa, though, from Final Fantasy VII? Anyway, I'm not saying I could love that. Okay, I'm I'm just going to stop right there. I'm just not going to say anymore. Cassie does not listen to No Disclosure anymore, and sometimes I'm happy about that. uh, (laughs) That's one of those things, right? Relationships is all about communication, but sometimes, sometimes if you're in a relationship with someone whose personality is not in, as in, intense as your host here, sometimes not communicating works too. <laughs> Some of the shit I say on here, man, Cassie has stopped listening to the show entirely. And I don't know whether to be sad or happy about that. This is from St. Louis. Radioactive waste was found at Missouri Elementary School. Well, that's not a good place for radioactive waste, is it? <laughs> uh, my stepson, Eli, came home today and he said there was mold in the school's applesauce. And I'm, I, my only thing that, you know, that I could think to reply to him with the only words that came out of my mouth was welcome to America, dude. He said there was mold in the applesauce. And I said, yeah, yeah, fucking best country in the world. My fucking ass. The, what they feed these kids is pathetic. The school should be fucking sued for that. So I'm not really surprised when I see things like this. (laughs) They're giving you toxic waste on fucking lunch trays every day. There's a significant radioactive contamination at an elementary school in suburban St. Louis-Louis where nuclear weapons were produced during World War II, according to a new report by Environmental Investigation Consultants. The report by Boston Chemical Data Corp confirmed fears about contamination at Jana Elementary School and the Hazelwood School District in Flores' aunt, raised by a previous Army Corps of Engineers study. What happened was, this is weird, samples taken in August from the school, according to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Boston Chemical did not say who or what requested and funded the report. <laughs> Does that fucking matter at this point? huh? Whoever requested it, whoever funded it was right in their assumptions, I would say. And you're pissed off about that? It's nuclear waste. I know it's an inconvenience for the school. <laughs> you know, that's probably... It's going to suck for the lunch ladies because that's probably what they were fucking serving. <laughs> now they're going to have to find... <laughs> now they're going to have to find out a better thing to feed the kids, right? Come up with some other plan. They're going to have to chop up some of the fucking fat kids. <laughs> I can say that because I'm a fat kid. The school sits in the floodplain of Coldwater Creek. Okay. Okay. It was contaminated by nuclear waste from weapons production during World War II. The waste was dumped at sites near the St. Louis-Lambert International Airport next to the creek that flows to the Missouri River. The corpse has been cleaning up the creek for more than 20 fucking years. But they also found contamination in the area, but at a much lower levels. It didn't take any samples within 300 feet of the school. Oops, <laughs> they probably should have done that. The most recent report included samples taken from the library, kitchen, classrooms, fields, and playgrounds, slightly below non-lethal levels, but it's fucking there. Isotope lead, 210, plutonium, radium, and other toxins. But they're, they're still in excess of what Boston Chemical deems safe for a school zone. <laughs> uh, that's the funny part. is that some, At some point, somebody had to write down, okay, This level of toxic waste, uh, we need to come up with a number. (laughs) This is the level of toxic waste that is not safe for a school zone. Okay, somebody write this down. Like, someone got paid to figure that shit out. (laughs) Like I said, man, welcome to fucking America. This is from Gizmodo. A young man became allergic to orgasms. Oh, God. If anything would make me throw myself off the fucking porch head first, Allergic to orgasms? Man, there's a happy ending, though. Well, I fucking hope so. You know that fewer than 1,000 people in the U.S. are estimated to suffer from... This is a thing. It's called post-orgasmic illness syndrome. I'm serious. And I'm not talking about, you know, your wife and girlfriend getting older, you know, and the libido going down. I'm talking straight up allergic to orgasms. In a recent case study, doctors described the unfortunate tale of a Marion who developed an allergy like reaction to his own orgasms. Oh, God. The bizarre and rare affliction left him unable to pursue sexual and romantic relationships, but thankfully, the doctors actually treated it using a simple over the counter antihistamine. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I mean, I'm not fucking around. It's a thing. Post orgasmic illness syndrome, P O I S. <laughs> That is so close to penis, it makes my heart happy. We'll call it poise. Sufferers from poise? It's almost always men. Some women. But large majority men. Experience symptoms similar to hay fever or flu-following ejaculation. such. I like that word. Such as fatigue, itchy eyes, stuffy or ruddy does, and even memory problems. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, flu symptoms... Okay, I don't get that a lot. Fatigue. See, I'm 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 approaching forty. Fatigue is there for sure. Itchy eyes. I've always kind of had stuffy or runny nose. Like I said, I'm fucking forty, and even memory problems. Fucking forty. So I don't see what the big deal is here. Okay, maybe I won't. I wouldn't kill myself. I'd be fucking depressed as hell. But <laughs> these symptoms appear after every orgasm. Oh my god! Within seconds. But sometimes up to hours later, they could last anywhere from two to seven days. Oh, wow. Fuck that. Okay, now that's putting it into perspective. Imagine flu symptoms every fucking, uh, for seven days. For seven days, every time that you have coitus, or even if you shine your helmet, wax the carrot, audition the finger puppets, you know, all that stuff. That's terrible. There's many different illnesses that can affect a person's sexual function. But poise is very rare. It's a rary. The National Institute of Health estimates that fewer than a thousand people in the U.S. have it. That's nuts. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> a little Freudian sleep, that double entendre, right? I didn't mean to say that's nuts. I, I, <laughs> it still works, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just roll with that. But they used a normal, uh, it's basically Allegra, to, to treat it. They advised the man to gradually ramp up the frequency of orgasms. All right. That's awesome. So the doctor told him, hey, just fucking spray it everywhere, man. (laughs) Just fucking have at it. Have as much ejaculation as you want. That's awesome. So they're trying to ramp up his um, production. So they can, you know, make sure that this antihistamine gets to doing its job. That's crazy. I knew that that was a thing. I'd heard of this condition before. But I didn't know that the results of that allergic reaction were that bad. Oh, my God. Allergic to your own ejaculations. (laughs) Oh, why would you want to live? Oh, that's horrible. I feel bad for you, dude. I'm glad they were able to treat it, though. I mean, that's awesome. Now you can go out and make up for all the times that you weren't able to get your thingy in your thingy. You know? You, You enjoy that shit. Just be conscious. Be responsible. Be careful. If you want an ad, you know, from yours truly, I'll do it like the beer ads. Jack off responsibly. (laughs) This is from... (laughs) This is from News18.com. China's younger generation is taking robot dogs out on walks in a growing trend. Okay. Uh, Robot dogs that became popular during the pandemic are inspired by the creations of Baston Dynamics and are now available on Chinese shopping platforms. However... These bots can't be compared with real doges that are loyal and love humans unconditionally. Really, you don't fucking say. I wonder what the difference is. Technology is advancing every day and we're adapting at a fast pace. As the pandemic hit the globe, people found new ways to maintain distance and go hassle-free with technology from robots serving at restaurants to machine dogs patrolling parks. Recently, people started walking robots in China. Most of the people are from the younger generation. Now, the robot dogs... That became popular during the pandemic are inspired by the creations of Boston Dynamics available on Chinese in China everywhere. You know what I mean? According to Oddity Central. Uh, several Chinese news outlets have reported that the vast majority of robot dogs are spotted on the streets of Chinese cities like Shanghai, Beijing, domestically produced. They have a number of built-in features. They can do everything. Follow, roll, sit, you know, run, carry weights up to five kilograms. Even these bots have a camera on their heads to identify and bypass obstacles. They recognize people around them. Crazy. I mean, that's cool. When I first, uh, you know, ran across this article and looked at the heading, this is something that I probably would have liked honestly laughed at but uh that's cool i mean at least they're they're spending time outside they're doing shit they're you know not staying in their houses and doing well the stuff that you're not supposed to do they're going out they're getting some fresh air who cares if they're walking robot dogs you know what i mean they're getting some damn exercise and i'm all for that all for that you walk your robot dogs china i'm, I'm i'll fucking back you on that shit this is from yahoo life a one listen to this this is nuts And I just recently heard about something like this, too. I'll tell you in a minute. A 140-year-old pair of Levi's was found in a mine shaft. They just sold for $87,000. Now, I had just read an article not too long ago that those old Levi's, those original fucking Levi's, are worth an assload of money. And they're incredibly rare. I guess gold isn't the only valuable thing you can find in a mine, right? A vintage pair of Levi's discovered in an abandoned mine shaft in the American West recently sold for $87,400 at an auction in New Mexico. The jeans, which date back to the 1880s, was was uh, unearthed by self-described denim archaeologist. Bullshit. You weren't looking for fucking jeans. What, did you use a jeans detector? Michael Harris, how do you know they're in a damn well? Michael Harris, <laughs> Stupid. Several years ago, he found these things before they were snapped up by a pair of vintage clothing dealers at the Durango. Oh, who cares a shit? So, anyway, wow. You know what's funny is that jeans really haven't changed, like Levi's themselves, really haven't changed much. Someone could wear these today and still look fairly modern. Wow. If you have a shirt that like hangs over the waist area, you know, no one would ever be able to tell the difference. You're wearing an original pair of Levi's. Wow. I'm kind of dumbfounded they really haven't changed much that's crazy these are very sought after among collectors i don't know why they're so rare these are still in a wearable condition from being in a well for so so damn long these things look pretty fucking good they have splatters of wax from the candles miners used to light you know in the narrow tunnels but you know that shit can be you know i guess i don't know they add a little bit of character to the jeans I kind of like them. (laughs) There's a label on the inside of the jeans that reads, the only kind made by white labor. Ooh. Uh, Well, listen. Levi's told the WSJ, the company that introduced the slogan after the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, it barred Chinese workers from entering the U.S. at a time of rampant discrimination. In fact, Levi's even had an anti-Chinese labor policy in place during this time. I know it's fucked up. It, It was a different time. You know what I mean? A way different time. 1890s? That was a different world. You wouldn't even fucking recognize it. Was it right? No. But that's just, that's a piece of history. Pretty amazing. The auction of the jeans was a clear highlight of the four-day Durango vintage Festivus, and it's crazy. Wow. Has anyone sold recently? Yeah, 2018. A pair from 1893 sold at nearly $100,000 to a private buyer in Asia. Damn. Just imagine what your Big could be worth in a century. <laughs> I still have an original pair of jinkos in my closet, yeah. That they're my like uh if I ever lose my fucking fat ass pants, which will never fucking happen. But you know, that those are the those are my uh what do what do you call it? My motivation pants, you know. That I still look at every fucking day and I don't know why they're still there because I have fat out of those jeans a long time ago. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to fat out of clothing, but I don't know why I still keep those jinkos around. I guess maybe because <laughs> I guess because I think, I don't know. I I can't explain it even to myself, but they're there. They are there. They're in my damn closet right now. This is from Global News. Teen hilariously squeaks after accidentally swallowing a dog toy. Nice. You know, there are studies out there saying that teenagers today have the lowest attention spans in human fucking history. And now they're swallowing dog toys. I know every generation has its dumb shits, but you guys, you teens today, man, you're just taking shit to a whole different level, aren't you? Let this be a lesson to any teenagers trying to annoy their parents, okay? Jonathan Serrano, 13 years old, from Montgomery, Texas, was trying to annoy his mom by chewing on a squeaky toy, or, you know, a squeaker from a dog toy, when he accidentally swallowed the son of a bitch, it got lodged in his esophagus. The teen was squeaking with each laugh. Yeah, real fucking funny. While waiting in the emergency room at the Conroe Regional Hospital earlier this year. Of course, what am I going to say? What's what's the next thing I'm going to say? Uh-huh. If you can guess it, you get a million dollars, okay? This video got viral because of, what am I going to say? You know it. Huh? It's one of the rogue gallery of uh, no disclosure. TikTok. Very good. Nice guess. Million dollars to anyone who got it right. Viewers were not the only ones left laughing though. He was like the king of the fucking hospital. I guarantee it. I mean, it's kind of funny to watch, but uh, if you're in that situation, I don't think that's very damn funny. If I was the kid's parent, I'd be like, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) He was damn lucky it wasn't more serious. That's crazy. It's funny seeing a kid laughing every time. You know, he laughs, he squeaks and so yeah, that that's comical and humorous and shit. But. I just, uh, they said my generation was fucking messed up. I just, I don't know. Maybe we caused it. (laughs) We were walked on fucking leashes. You know what I mean? So anyway, this is from CBS News. Man plays his saxophone through a nine-hour, very complex brain surgery to remove a tumor. Did you guys know that this is a thing? If you are undergoing a major brain surgery... And you have any kind of you know, talent like this that involves, uh, how do I say this, very specialized areas of the brain, very cognitive tasks, anywhere from chess to playing instruments to you know, stuff like that. They actually encourage you do this during brain surgery. What better way to tell? It's like the canary in the mine, right? If the canary dies then you know that there are toxic gases in there. The canary has smaller lungs than you do, so that thing's gonna die before you do. If the canary dies in the fucking cage, you know to get the hell out of that tunnel. So, if old boy is playing a saxophone or playing chess or, you know, doing whatever while he's getting brain surgery and shit goes to shit, then you know you got a problem. This is in Rome. A musician had a brain tumor removed in Italy this week. Nine-hour surgery that he spent not only awake and fully conscious, but playing his damn saxophone. Crazy. Crazy. The 35-year-old male patient, I always freak out when I see this stuff. I know it's normal at this point, but man, I'm just amazed when I see uh, how incredible the brain is. You can have fucking surgery on it, and he's sitting there playing a saxophone. Crazy, man. 35-year-old male patient had the procedure at Rome's, I'm not even going to pronounce that, hospital on Monday and was discharged early Thursday morning. Dr. Christian Brogner, neurosurgeon and expert in awake surgery, told CBS News the tumor was removed successfully. No negative impacts on the patient. Highly specialized 10-member international team for the procedure. State-of-the-art technology, I'll say. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That you can get brain surgery done and be able to play the damn saxophone? Just look at what, what we could do with the anesthesia and shit like that. He was sent home just a few days afterward? I'm looking at a picture right now of a guy undergoing fucking brain surgery, smiling, playing a saxophone, like not a care in the world. Nuts. Man. And I won't go to the fucking doctor to have my hemorrhoids looked at. You know what I mean? I just said that out loud just now. Anyway, the doctor said his patient who'd been identified... I don't give a shit. So anyway, oh, I do give a shit, but you know what I mean. Fuck, the fluff in these articles just boggles my mind. Get to the fucking point. The meticulous preparation for the surgery medical team uh, pres- uh, that okay so yeah okay they're saying the same thing i am so it's a really good thing during awake surgeries to have people do uh highly specialized kind of cognitive things like this it's kind of a like like i said it's a you know canary in the cage walking around in the in the mind shaft, you know, if uh, th- it's a good barometer to tell if the brain surgery is going well or if there's any, you know, problems that are coming up, that's pretty neat. I'm always amazed when I see shit like that. That is incredible. Not only how you know, a surgery could be performed in that manner, but how uh, amazing the brain is that it can go through something like that. And he's laying there playing a saxophone. Just amazing to me. It plays on my inner nerd. I like it. Now, for another follow-up article, human remains found in Lake Mead, remember that? The human remains found in Lake Mead were identified, yeah, as a man who drowned two decades ago, officials say, and the fucking article closed on me. Mercury, what the hell's going on with you? Anyway, the human remains found at Lake Mead more than three months ago were identified as Thomas Ernt, who is believed to have drowned two decades ago in the area. So there you go. Yeah, that's the only uh, thing that Mercury News is saying for some reason. Mercury News, you guys suck. So, I mean, I have a fucking login, I thought, for Mercury News. You know what? I'm going to put you on blast, Mercury News, you assholes. I had a login for this. And where the hell did it go? This is so weird. Why can't I read anything on Mercury News? I fucking pay for this, too. Okay, can I look at the article now? I love how you guys just forget that I have a fucking subscription. Okay, here we go. God, you assholes. Anyway, uh, digital content. Okay, guess what? Mercury News, you are now off of my bookmarks list. You guys have really gone to shit. Fuck you, Mercury News. I am out. We're going to delete you. You guys suck. I subscribe to that shit. And now, I mean, every week, every time that I get an article from Mercury News, they're asking for login, then they ask for this. Pretty soon they're going to be asking for a drop of blood in my fucking fingerprint. Oh, my God. Mercury News, I'm done with you, fuckers. I don't like it. Uh, let's hope the rest of my articles are not from... Mercury News. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. I was hoping I had another follow up for you. And I was hoping I had this one bookmarked, which I do. I want to do a follow up. So we found another one Canoe.com. Remember the nursing home that hired strippers for war veterans, senior war veterans, you know? The strippers dancing and grinding on their wheelchairs and old men grabbing their booze and shit. Remember that? They have recently, uh, the nursing home came out and apologized for hiring the strippers. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys, uh, you got to listen to that episode. It's one of my favorites. That's the kind of party a nursing home in Taiwan held for its patients. Most of whom are in wheelchairs. I mean, these are old men, war veterans, and they're grabbing tits and they're grinding on them in their wheelchairs and all kinds of shit. It was beautiful. Beautiful. State-run facility for retired Army personnel in Taiwan City. Wanted to celebrate the Harvest Festival with a bang. Well, they certainly did. Footage went viral showing strippers wearing pink and black lingerie, high heel. I mean, they were fucking they weren't holding back at all. Those guys, like I said, grabbing tits and shit. They're grinding on these old men. It's fucking awesome. And I said something about it that you wouldn't expect me to say, really. These are men, and these aren't men who are you know, this is just a place for, you know, war veterans who just need a, you know, a little bit of help, you know, physicality-wise. These men are sharp as a tack. There's nothing wrong with them mentally. They're just in wheelchairs. Physically, you know, they're handicapped. But mentally, they're there. And I had no problem with this. They're fucking men. You know what I mean? These are human beings. Not only human beings, but these are men. These are men who grew up in a society where masculinity wasn't fucking toxic. You know what I mean? These are real fucking men. War veterans on top of that. I don't have a problem with what this place did. In fact, I, I think they treated these men with some goddamn dignity. They treated them like fucking men, you know what I mean? But because of how the fucking world is, they had to come out and issue an apology. A spokesperson for the facility acknowledged that the dancers' moves were too enthusiastic and fiery, and going forward, they will be more cautious when planning events. I love how they worded that. The dancers' moves were too enthusiastic and fiery. Going forward, we will be more cautious when planning events. So basically, in Billy speak, like if I had said something like this, what I'm basically saying is, yeah, the dancers got a little overzealous. We're still going to fucking do it anyway, but we're going to make sure that we're a little bit more under the radar with it. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, Fuck you. These are men. These are human beings, war veterans on top of that. If they want fucking strippers and, you know, bikini girls dancing around and shit, we're going to do that. But we're just not going to, you know, have anybody around with cameras this time. The intention of the event was to entertain residents and make them happy. Yeah, that's exactly what you did. We're sorry for the offense that was caused. Who, uh, who exactly was offended? Who? Huh? That's what I would like to know. I mean, this article really does get under my skin. It pisses me off. Who the fuck was offended by this? You know what I mean? I'd like to know exactly who had a problem with this. Have you forgotten the fact that these are human beings? These are men who fought for their country. These are men who got wounded I and mean, this isn't just Taiwan. There's veterans from all over the world here. Who exactly did this piss off? Who said that this was wasn't right? You know. This is an elderly abuse. These men were sharp as a tack. I just don't see it. I, 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 I'm I, not trying to say this for comedic sake. You could hear it in my voice. I mean, this is one of these things that really does fucking piss me off. I think they treated these men like human beings. I think that, if anything, they gave them some fucking dignity by doing this. And I'm not trying to be funny for funny's sake. I'm not trying to shock. I'm not trying to schlock. I'm not trying to spock. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ran out of breath there. It's just, uh, it, I don't know, it, it just it gets under my skin. It kind of bugs me. They say that I, I, I just, I would really like to know, you know, who got their feathers ruffled over this kind of shit. So let's do one, I think we got time for one more. But let's do it old school. Let's get something that's not bookmarked and just look it up. So I can, this is how the uh, skibbity-bop-bow, skibbity-bay. That's how this, that's how I started that. Because back in the day... I just did all these articles live. I found them on the fly as we were recording. So, you know, I had to fill in these little silent moments and get really good at it, you know, so I could just have something going on entertaining while I was looking up articles. And sometimes it was longer than others because I didn't have Reddit So I would sit here and be like, oh, my God, okay, nothing's happening. I can't find any articles. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And all of a sudden, out came my mouth. Skibbity bop, bow, skibbity boop, skibbity bays, skibbity wop, wop. And that buys you, you know, a few seconds. And it's fun to listen to because you get to hear my gorgeous, beautiful singing voice. I mean, if you closed your eyes, you'd be like, fuck, Adele is in my ears, man. This is amazing. Do you like bread? See, I just found one. See how how well that works? UPI. Bakery Star Wars inspired Pan Solo sculpture goes viral. What is that you say? Well, (laughs) I love this. Oh, this picture is great. How the fuck did they make this thing? I'm going to tell you in a second. Just let me sit back and marvel at this real quick. How the hell did they do this? You know the Han Solo frozen in carbonite thing? You know? There's a ketchup bakery in California that made the thing out of bread. And it's fucking identical. How the hell did they do this? Wow. They used dough to sculpt Han Solo frozen. I know it's Han. I just say Han. I don't know why. Frozen in carbonite from the end of, you know, uh, Empire Strikes Back. But they made it out of bread. They called it Pan Solo. (laughs) That's awesome. It's amazing. I'm just trying to figure out how the hell this thing was made. It's incredible. It looks just like Harrison Ford in fucking carbonite. Man, that's crazy. What kind of bread is it? There's so little about this article out there. But you guys got to see it. It's all over Instagram. It doesn't even look like bread because they use that uh, edible, you know, kind of like airbrush paint and shit. They even got the sides, you know, the uh, working the and whirly gigs, you know, on the side of the uh, carbonite. That's amazing. Yeah, it doesn't even look edible. It just, it looks like something, it looks like fucking carbonite. That's that's incredible. How the hell did they do that? Pretty awesome. You go, human race. They made a life-size replica of Han Solo frozen in carbonite out of bread. Awesome. California kicking ass. So anyway, guys, that's all we got. I'll let you go. Make sure to head to Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things No Disclosure related. All the social media links are there, as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get everything from bonus episodes, giveaways of certain tiers, all kinds of shit. Little as a dollar a month. Check it out. Shout out to the patrons, by the way, the Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes, David Peterson. I appreciate you guys. This show would not exist without you. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, okay? Bye bye, my babies. I love you all, and be fancy. Okay. I don't know how they did it, but I'm gonna step it up. I want to do Han Solo and Carbonite, but make a cheese stick instead of just a piece of bread. <laughs> yeah, have some melty cheese in there. Everything is better with melty cheese in it. <laughs> No Disclosure is overjoyed to say that we are sponsored by DistroKid. If you are an independent musician who wants to get their music out there on every streaming platform imaginable, this is the place to go. I'm picky with sponsors. I would only allow one to be a part of this only if I myself use the product and I've released all of my solo albums as well as singles through DistroKid. Only 20 bucks a year, unlimited uploads and you keep 100% of your royalties. That is madness. I can tell you from personal experience and being a musician for a very long time, record labels do not work that way. As a matter of fact, DistroKid has made history by doing so, marking the first time ever that an artist high on the charts made 100% of their earnings. You're not alone in this, major record labels are now looking to DistroKid for new talent. My albums are worldwide, yours should be too. By going to the link in the description of this episode, you get 7% off the first year of an already insane, measly 20 bucks a year to upload unlimited music that you have created and wanna share with the world. By going to the link I am providing in this episode's description, you support No Disclosure, you save some money off the first year that I mentioned it's only 20 bucks a freaking year, and you get your music heard, which in the end is the most important thing.